0: Hey, tell me if you know this song, My God is so big, big, so strong and so mighty, what? There's nothing nothing my God God cannot do. You guys know this. If you went to VBS, you know that song along with a lot of other silly ones. Uh, If you grew up going to, uh, you know, Sunday school, you probably remember that song. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. And I think kids hold on to that message because... It speaks to them. And they begin to develop. If your kid goes to Sunday school, your child, your grandchild, they begin to develop that truth within them that says, hey, number one, God is big. But not only is God big, his purposes are big. Like what he does is big. And not just his purposes, but the ways of God are also big. Not just what he does, but how he does it. And I look at scripture and I see that God is big. And I remember as a kid reading these stories and going, man, God is so big. I mean, as a child, with my childlike faith, I'd see these stories and it just blew me away. And one of the characters that really touched my heart was David. Because David understood the bigness of God. I mean, he had seen God in, in so many different ways. They called David to, to realize how God was how big he was, and, and David speaks about that in Psalm chapter 8, and here's what he says, O oh Lord, O oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth, and he says, I look at your heavens and the works of your fingers and the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, and he describes the universe, and he says, it's the work of your fingers, which is just strange, it's strange to me, but it shows how big God is, that God is, God is huge to David. And we know that to be true. I mean, as we read through scripture, we can see the bigness of God. We see God in the creation, a big God forming the universe with a big purpose. God, this large God with this big purpose of forming the universe. The way he did it was big, right? He spoke it into existence. It's amazing. And we continue to go forward in scripture and we see Noah's Ark. You remember that one? Here God is and God's so big with the purpose of saving all of life on earth. And do we believe that story? Do we believe it by faith? Because scripture says God is so big, He could save this earth with that ark. It's the story of Moses, a big God who saved and delivered Israel out of the hands of the Egyptians. And it's the story of Jonah. I think about Jonah and the, and, and the fish, and here Jonah is. And God has this big purpose to to spare the Ninevites. And the way he does it is by putting Jonah into the belly of this large fish. God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. And I see his bigness. And I see his purpose that's so big. And I see his ways that are so big. And then at that moment, as I kind of wrap my head around that concept, suddenly it hits me there's a kind of a a second side to this or a double side to this coin. and, And the other side to it is people are really, really small. I mean, they are really small. And I see that in Psalm 8. And I think the reason David maybe points this out is because he remembers being a small child and seeing the bigness of God. And so David says this in Psalm 8, what is man that you are mindful of him. When I consider the works of your hands and your fingertips and and the creation that you made and the universe that you made, what is man? What is woman? What are people that you would be mindful of them? That smallness of humanity and I'm confronted with it constantly. I'm confronted with the reality that we as people are just small. People are small. And not only are people small, their purposes are small. Their ways are small. I think about my purposes, like what I'm looking for in life, what I'm going for, what I'm seeking after, and it's just little. But God is so big. We're doing a series right now called Start Small. Start small and get big results. And I've got to tell you, as the preaching team was talking about it, it dawned on me like, when I see smallness, I always see it as such a negative thing with God because God is so big. But as we begin to dive into this and delve into this concept, I I think to myself, here's the thing is, for whatever reason, God, our big God, allows small people to join in his big purposes. Isn't that good? That God in his greatness would allow small people to join in his purposes. And and David got that because David is there. You just imagine here's this little boy and he's picking up these five smooth stones to go against the bigness of Goliath. He's got to be thinking, what am I that God would use me? And I got to ask the question, what what are we that God would use us? Because it doesn't make sense how God in His bigness would use somebody so small and insignificant. And yet He does. Now, the story that speaks that the most to me is in John chapter 6. So, if you have your Bibles, if you want to turn there with me, in John chapter 6, it's the story, if you went to Sunday school, you went to VBS, you probably heard it a thousand times. It's the story of what? The loaves and the fish. But this is a story that kind of summarizes this this concept that God uses the small. We have a big God with a big purpose. And here he is, and he's going to teach 5,000 and preach and feed 5,000 people. But in the the processes of that, he's going to use the small. So if you have your Bibles, if you want to open with me, John chapter 6, we'll begin reading together in verse 1. Here's what it says. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. In lifting up his eyes then and seeing the large crowd was coming towards him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? I love this. Jesus is standing there. Think about it. There's 5,000 people, 5,000 people. And Jesus turns to the apostles and said, where are we going to buy bread? Now, the scripture tells us what's going on here. It says, verse six, he said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Jesus knows what he's going to do. He knows what? He's going to feed them. But the, t- the text goes on. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get even a little. That 200 denarii there, what we're talking about is six months wages. He saying it would take six months wages for the people here just to have a little bit. This is not going to happen. I, I see Philip as the realist. He's the one who grabs this calculator or abacus or whatever it is and starts doing math. And what's he saying? There's no way we can feed the masses. It's impossible. Contrasted to Philip, though, is Andrew. I think Andrew is the guy that you don't want to have show up when you've got a problem. Because here's what Andrew says. Listen to this. It's so funny. Verse 8, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said, hey, there's a boy, there's a boy here, and he has five barley loaves and two fish. Now, now think about this. This is, You know, I love it when the Bible's funny, when it says things that are funny. This to me is funny. We have a crisis. There's 5,000 people. How are we going to feed them? And the guy walks up and says, hey, there's a little kid here who brought his sack lunch. Let's get him to help us. But in that moment, we see a truth about God. We see a truth about God because here's Jesus' response. Jesus' response is not, hold on, you know, that's ridiculous. That's what I would say, that's ridiculous. But what Jesus does is he said, have the people sit down. Have the people sit down, verse 10. Now there was much grass in that place, so the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given things, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told the disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that uh, that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves and the fish. I love this story because it says, look, God can take these things that we have and give him and it results in these, it has, brings these big results. There's this big response When God takes our little things, God is always big and God is always capable and His purposes are always good. But He can take these things and bring big results. Now, I gotta tell you, this is a typical Bible story, right? I mean, we've been talking about this. If God wants to do something big, He can do it, right? If He wants to part the waters, he can part the waters. If God wants to save the people in a boat, he can save the people in the boat. If God wants to bring a fish to come swallow a guy, he can do that. So God feeding 5,000 people is not amazing. But here's what's amazing. As this big God with his big purpose is about to do this amazing thing, a kid inserts himself into the story. Think about that. God is about to do this amazing thing and a child inserts himself into the story. And this child allows Jesus to use what he has. Well, isn't that true of us? Haven't we seen that to be true of us? That when we insert ourselves into God's story, God allows our things that we bring him to be used for his glory god takes the small things that we bring and use them for his purpose to bring big results and you may be thinking yourself oh chris that's the series the series starts small but that's not really the way it is but we know this we know this we know it to be true that God can take the small and do amazing things with it and, res- and bring big results. I mean, after all, don't we know our history? Don't we know our history here at Sunset? I don't know if you know the story of Sunset. It's a, it's a neat story. A few guys got together years and years ago, 50 plus years ago, and they went out in the middle of a cotton field and they prayed for the city of Lubbock. I remember hearing that story as, as an AIMS student back in 1990, <coughs> 1997, right? I remember hearing that story. And we actually, me and like 10 other guys, went out into a cotton field in Lubbock, Texas, and did the same thing. I'll tell you who was there. Rob Heineman was there. He's a, he's a missionary now. Uh, Guy Stover, who is, who is a, uh, he, he's a youth minister in Houston. I mean, just people that I love. We went out in a cotton field and did the same thing. By the way, that cotton field today, like we thought, we were in the boondocks of Lubbock. We were, we were in a cotton field in the middle of nowhere. There's a target exactly on that spot now, okay? But we went, we went to this cotton field to pray because those guys had gone to pray years earlier about the city of Lubbock and about God's dream for this city, God's plan for this city. And it was from that prayer that came the school of preaching, and it was from that prayer that is everything that we see around us today. Like all the blessings of this congregation. Because those men thought and had this vision that like God can take the small and do something with it. But we see it other places at Sunset. I see it in the willingness of some women to serve, maybe a vision, a dream. We could serve the single mothers of this community, and they invested their time, and just a just little bit they had, and I'm sad to say now it's not a little bit because it's huge, and they give a lot of themselves to it, but they just wanted to give a little bit, just give their loaves and fishes over to Jesus, and, and from that has come a powerful ministry of the single mother's ministry. I, I think about introverted, introverted Israel, and Nellie, who I've known since he was like 19 years old in Mexico, and this humble, shy kind of kid who now in a Poxco has been part of converting the mayor, who is now bringing people of the city and city officials. We as as the well students went to Poxco to spend some time with them. And while we were there, they brought us into the mayor's office and we actually looked out over the city and they fed us tamales. All the leaders of of the government fed us tamales. We felt like royalty. But what was happening was God was taking something small in Israel's life, in his heart, and blowing it up into something big. And that's what God can do in our lives. You see, God takes these small people and these small things and brings it to him for his bigger purpose and brings bigger results than we could ever imagine, big results that God can do things that we could even, not even know. And by the way, some of those things we'll never know. Some of the results we will never know. But God is big. He is big and he takes the small. And I'm thinking to myself, well, well, what do I have to offer, though? What do I have to offer? I think about the importance of just writing a note of encouragement. Now, now some some here might go, okay, Chris is, man, he has lowered the bar, right? He's brought it to notes of encouragement, right? He's lowered the bar. He's saying, hey, all, you, know, you know what a loaf and a fish is, is? Just write a note of encouragement. Can I tell you something? Those notes of encouragement matter. I, have, I asked Josh to bring this up to me. These are my notes of encouragement that I keep in my little basket here that represent all the messages that I get from you. So on a hard day, if things are tough, I can start opening it up and reading. You know why? Because it's loaves and fish. It's it's your way of giving back to God and creating something huge. I can only imagine, let me give this back to you, Josh. I can only imagine how those kind of things, if you've gotten a note from somebody, how does that build community? How does that build Christian friendship and relationships? What's the little loaf and fish that you can bring to Jesus? What's the small thing that you can give him? I think about washing dishes. I mean, that, you know, washing dishes, maybe making a meal from somebody, that doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Well, guess what? It helped to define Dolores' legacy. It did. It helped to define her life. Can you imagine how many thousands of people those hands created meals for? Thousands of people. Well, it's just a little loaf and fish. Yeah, but God used it and exploded it into something greater. I think about LTC. You know, we take our kids to LTC, and is that doing anything? Is that matter? You know, most of these kids are still connected to the well. They're still in town, and they're still coming, and they're still connected. Some of them are AIM students. God is taking this thing and making more out of it. One of those people in the, in the, in the picture developed her own ministry for creating pillows has a pillow ministry i don't know if you know this but there are pillows in the back over here that you can grab if your back is hurting if you're not feeling good you can grab a pillow and you can rest on it well that's just a little loaf and fish yeah but that's helping people worship god do you see god explodes these things small groups and i'm just going to offer god my home can you imagine what god could do if you offer him your home Well, you're in the company of Mary and Martha. Well, you know, I don't have the ability to do that. I can't offer my home. But one thing that I have done, and I don't think it really matters, is, you know, World Bible School. I used to take World Bible School, and if I'd get the materials, I would check it off, and I would go through, and I'd correspond with people, and I'll never see them. But here's the truth. When you do World Bible School, where you just take people's information, and you You respond to them and you check and make sure their answers are are good and they're studying the Bible. You know what's happening on the other side of the world is baptisms. People coming to know the Lord because of the little loaves and fish that you have to offer. Well, you know, for me, it's not World Bible School. I'm not really good with that. I don't know how disciplined I am, but I think I could find a way maybe to connect my job Is it possible to connect my job and my schedule and who I am as a person to the Lord? I think that's what happened at the roller rink. I I, kind of think that because when we bring the well group and the pipeline group to the skating rink and they have us there and then we end up having a devotional afterwards and it's us connecting in community. Yeah, well, maybe that's not it. Maybe I'm just all I can do is just read my Bible to my kids. It matters. It matters. Those loaves and fish matter. You know, Chris, I have a hard time with Halloween. I have a hard time with it. I I don't really like Trunk or Treat, but the church asked to bring candy, and I'm going to bring it anyway. I'm just going to trust God. You know what happens when you bring candy? 2,000 people from our community get to know this congregation. We have a prayer list of people in the community who now are coming and asking us for prayers, who we're going to visit because you brought candy. You know, all I can really do is sing. That's really all my giftedness is. But here's the thing I don't always like the songs. They have some songs that were written in 2020 and others that were written in 1918. What am I supposed to do with that? I don't like the playlist, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to sing anyway. What an encouragement. What an encouragement that you're doing what God commanded you to do, to sing, regardless of how you feel about the songs. And when you do that, God is glorified and bigger things happen. You see, in all of these things, whether that's giving my contribution, here I'm giving my contribution to God and and God is able to take that and, and blow it out in ways that we'll never know. Or if it's some other ministry that you're involved in. I think about Bikes and Bibles. You contribute money to Bikes and Bibles. Did you know a baptism came from Bikes and Bibles? God is doing big things through us. You see, we have a big God. With a big purpose. And he's able to take the small things that we bring and to use them for his glory. And what's the end the end product? The end product is this big results. Big results. God took a boy and with a few stones he killed a giant. God took a boy And with a few loaves and fish, God fed the masses. God could take our kids and with LTC create future church leaders. God could take your house. God could take your job. God could take your talents and he could do amazing things. And here's the question Will you let him? Will you let him? On the bulletin where the sermon notes are, I've left a space. It says, my small thing is this. That's for you to fill in the blank. My small thing is this. What's your small thing? What is your loaf and your fish that you have faith to go up to Jesus and say, take this, do with it as you will? And I want you to know, there will be an Andrew standing there, or excuse me, there will be a Philip standing there saying, that's too small. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. I want to encourage you to have faith, to take the small thing you have, and to believe that God could feed the masses with it. I cannot tell you where I would be without your little encouragement notes. I cannot tell you where I would be without LTC. I cannot tell you where I would be without that example of praying in a cotton field. What can God do with you? That's the question. Would you pray with me? Father God, we come before you at this time and we lift up our small things. Father, we know that you have the ability to take these small things and turn them into amazing things for you. And so we ask, God, that you would take whatever thing is in our heart, whatever thing is small that we have not given over to you, and that you would take it and you would allow it to grow into something huge for you. Father, may you be glorified through these things. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. We are here to serve you today. If you need anything from this body, won't you come now? as we stand and as we sing.